Hello, and welcome to Dope Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Bikita Pegram, and I am going to give you something to think about. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dope Conversations. I am so glad to have you here. It has been a very long week in my world. I don't know what's going on in yours, but I hope it is good. And I hope that it is turning out the way you need it to turn out. Well, last week, we talked about some ways that you can show your activism, ways that you can use your talents to help your community and the people around you. Well, Today, we're going to take a deeper look into education as activism and not so much as going out and getting certified and getting in a classroom and doing that work. I acknowledge firsthand, everybody is not meant to be an educator in the classroom. (laughs) I am an educator in the classroom and I do love my job, but we're more talking about the mom or dad on the block that always finds a way to educate the youth. And we're talking about inside our communities, the things that we could be doing to help share knowledge. Um, W.E. Du Bois, W.E.B. Du Bois pointed out that everybody's not going to go to college. And that's fine. Everybody's not meant to go to college. That's not everybody's path. There are some great skilled labor jobs out there. There are some great entrepreneurs out there that are doing some amazing things. But for those of us who choose to go to college and get classical education, we're supposed to share it. It's not for us to just talk about among scholars and it's like, kudos to you. Yes, doctor, you're great. No, it's supposed to go do that research. We're going to do the research. We're going to do the evaluating. We're going to take the information and synthesize it and come up with strategies that we can use in our community. But we need to help get that information from the scholars to the everyday people in our communities on our block. The mom and dad that's sharing the knowledge. So what I want to do first is share with you. Malcolm X thoughts about education in America. And so I found this video on YouTube called Malcolm X on education in America. So I'm going to play a clip from that. And then we'll discuss ways that we can fight the problems that he's going to highlight in his speech in our community. So take a listen and let's get busy. This is part true. and You won't find very many people who are Afro-American, who will admit it. But if it is true, why? It is true that there is a sluggishness, intellectual sluggishness, academic sluggishness, uh, in almost any Negro community. But this exists only because of the uh, result that has come upon us through years and years of slavery and being held down in this society. And this is why I made reference to the book Crisis in Black and White. This particular man uh, gives a very uh, good scientific analysis as to why there, this lethargy exists in the Negro community. It is something that has been created by the system. 
The system is designed to make the Negro uh, student lose his interest in education almost before he even gets started in school. And the parents, usually, who are also limited where education is concerned and have, who have run into so many barriers and obstacles, despite the fact they had education, sometimes they ask themselves, what's the use? So as long as the system that we are in exists, and this system, the, the survival of this system, depends upon the continued exploitation of the black man in this country. The survival of it uh, depends upon the continued uh, uh, degrading of the black man in this country and the necessity of using us as the whipping boy and the alibi and the excuse. As long as this system exists, then you will find that our people will have the same attitude toward education. And, that, and they have a justified, I should say, they have an, uh, they have an attitude that can be explained. But at the same time, the burden rests upon the leaders of the Afro-American community to try and instill within the uh, youth especially the desire to further their education because without it, you're not going anywhere on this earth today. Wow. To tell us outright we're not going anywhere on this earth without education is hard to ignore and it's hard to argue. So... We have got to use this education in our community to help us not only to survive, but thrive. And there is a use for education. And we just got to find a way to let the youth and some adults, some of our friends know that education is our way. And that has to be our focus going forward to educate others that do not know. And whether that is that do not know is do not know, they don't know taxes. They don't know how to vote. They don't know where to vote. They don't know what politicians they should vote. That's where we come in. Those people who do know taxes, those people who do know how to vote, those people who do know how to fight oppression. We need those people to stand up because leadership doesn't mean you're a leader just because you have a title. Doesn't mean you're a leader in your community just because you drive a Benz. Not because you have all the latest fashion. Not because you know how to rub elbows with all the people with the money. No. A leader is anyone that's willing to sacrifice time to share and educate and make their community and their people better. You are a leader in your own right. It's just a matter of finding out how to use your leadership to help the people around you. And that's what we're focusing on today. How to use your leadership, how to use your talents to help the people around you. So number one, like Malcolm said, we're fighting sluggish. We're fighting the mindset that education is not going to help me, is not going to help me get where I need to be, but it can. We just got to find a way to share it. So that people know the value in it. So one, book clubs. Start a book club. And it doesn't have to be fictional. It can be about real life issues that you're facing. There are all kind of authors. Um, one that keeps popping in my head right now is Lisa Del Pitt. And the book is Other People's Children. I had to read this book for a class. And it was eye-opening just to know that a child's dialect, linguistic skills can play a part or how far they 
go in class or how far they don't go in class. Because if the teacher doesn't understand that in the black community, we like to use oral histories and exaggerate a little bit, they may not understand that. And so they're steadily correcting this child about how they talk and why they slur their words or however they're um, presenting the English language that is not what they're accustomed to can be a problem. So her book really talks about the importance of advocating for your kid and understanding that Ebonics is not wrong because a teacher says it's wrong. It's just a different way of communicating. Many of us who have taken Spanish in class can attest that when we learn Spanish and you went outside and you said, como se llama? And they were like, what? Because we were talking very proper Spanish and they were not, they weren't feeling that because that's not how they talk. They, they talk just like we talk in everyday English. And the book is going to be a standard English, a standard Spanish. So it's going to be very proper and not what you would talk in everyday language. We have to teach our kids that language can be in different forms. And there's not one extreme right, right way. But you have to learn where to use that. Ebonics. You have to learn where to use the informal language that we use every day. There is a place for scholarly language. There's a place for in the house family language. And we have to learn when to tell our kids to use those different formats of English. But that's just one way that we can use books in book clubs, just breaking down those types of things that create barriers in the classroom for our kids brainstorm sessions bring your community families together and say hey what are some of the things about our neighborhood that you don't like you know this is what i'm not feeling i don't like seeing the trash in the yard okay and then your neighbor might say okay well i don't like when the trash cans are out all night whatever it is i don't like when the kids are out at night whatever your neighborhood is facing talk about it come up with ways to address it might be seri- more serious matters like I don't like my car getting broken into. That whatever it is in your neighborhood, you and your community need to get together and solve it. Work together because I bet you you'll find out more often than not you and your neighbors are having the same feelings about the same things that are going on in your neighborhood, but nobody's talking about it and they feel like they're alone. So talk about it. Study groups. Find groups of parents with Kids that are in the same classes that your um, kids are in. Because if you're in the same neighborhood, you're probably going to the same school. So if you both have Miss Johnson, why not create a situation where all the kids that have Miss Johnson get together and study together? But parents, you know, we're going to have to encourage that. I don't know too many kids that are going to say, hey, mom, all the kids on Miss Johnson stay on this street and I want to study. Encourage. Just like we encourage Athletics, which I love athletics. My son is an athlete. I support him athletically, but you also have to support them academically. So create groups where they can study. There's this thing that is going around now and it's called pandemic pods. Group of families are getting together and educating their kids in a pod. So say it's three, four families. They rotate houses. So not all of the educational lift is on one house 
or on all of the houses. So this Monday, you'll be at my house. On Tuesday, you'll be at Ms. Johnson's house. On Wednesday, you go to Mr. Tyrone's house. And you will sit here and you'll study with your group of friends, your your neighbors, and you learn. Because we know peer-to-peer mentoring is amazing. And we can tell our kids a thousand times how to do something. One, we're not cool enough to relay information about social media. They don't get it. Two, they think that we have no idea of what we're talking about and we're out of touch and we were just born as 35 and 40 year olds and that was it you never were 16 ever so when they see or they hear the same information from their friends they're more likely to take it so those groups those pandemic pots and now even micro schools are very helpful I've been doing some research myself on pandemic pods and micro schools and the impact they're having on neighborhoods and the public education because A lot of people are fearful of sending their kids to public schools even after the pandemic because they're not sure what it means. And that's just on a pandemic level. But these schools, micro schools, have been in place for at least a decade. So the pandemic hasn't been around a decade. But these parents have decided to pull their kids from public education to provide them a better opportunity of learning knowledge that was actually going to be useful for them on the job market and in higher ed. So that's something that we will be talking about more and more because I'm looking at the why people are choosing these types of schools. But the last way that you can educate in your community is create summer community learning opportunities. Whether it is if you all take a field trip to the science museum and learn about um, the different muscles, all kinds of things can happen when we bring together a community that is interested in improving the education for kids. So in that aspect, yes, we're talking about in the classroom, education, learning, but filling in those gaps that public education just misses. And that's just honest. They miss a lot of going back to social justice and identifying that other cultures were actually in the history books besides white America. So it's important to fill in those gaps in all of our core classes. And I think that's why the pandemic pods and micro schools have flourished over the past 10 years. So to fight the sluggish of education in America, those things that Malcolm X just pointed out, we need to look at book clubs, brainstorming sessions, study groups, and summer community learning. And this is how we will use education as activism. So I hope that you got something out of this this week. Please share with others so that we can teach people how to be educational activists. But next week, I have a treat for y'all. I'm so excited that we're going to have Dr. William A. Smith on, and he's going to talk to us about critical race theory and racial battle fatigue. More so racial battle fatigue and how it plays into critical race theory, but racial battle fatigue, I wanted to talk about it to really talk about how do you deal with the pressures that come from activism and being a leader at the grassroots level and how do you deal with that that 
pressure of wanting to help your community, but also, okay, I have a life, I have job, I have kids, I have a spouse. All of those people need attention as well. So how do you balance it all? How did Martin Luther King and Malcolm X balance family, life, love, and job with trying to save the black community? And that's what I wanted to talk to Dr. Smith about and just understand what is racial battle fatigue? What are some of the symptoms and how can you fight it? How can you avoid it? How do you, can you say, okay, I'm not even trying to feel the stress of being in activism. I'm not even trying to get the anxiety. I'm not even trying to deal with all the stuff <laughs> that comes with being an activist. And it comes with stuff. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Not everybody is an activist because they know and you can see the pressures that leaders go through to try to save their own communities, to save all communities. So I look forward to him coming on, sharing his um, scholarship and sharing some, some everyday tips for us to be great and help our blocks be great. So thank you for tuning in. That's all I have for you today. Please join me on Instagram and Twitter at Bikita Pegram. But please also follow, subscribe, and leave a review. I appreciate to know what you think about the show so far and what topics that you think I should be covering. So next week, Dr. William A. Smith, do not forget to tune in. It will be longer than a 15-minute show, so um, you might be able to drive around the block a couple of times and listen next week. But thank you for joining. We look forward to seeing reviews from you and, and joining the Instagram and Twitter pages. And that is it for today. Bikita out.